This is a Pivotal Conversations podcast. Hello and welcome to the Girl Fit Method podcast. I'm your host, Natasha Wakefield, and I am here to help you take charge of your health, get empowered, and ultimately become the best version of yourself. Let's go. Hello and welcome back to the Girl Fit Method podcast. Today is exciting. So I have got in my office set up my camera, I have my ring light, and I am recording this to put on YouTube. And I've been wanting to do this for quite some time, but I've just been procrastinating. But I thought I always try and I I preach to you guys that nothing should be perfect, but I do tend to do this myself where I'm like, no, 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 I want to have the proper setup. I want to have the best background. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to have to wait and wait and wait until I have all that set up. Why don't I just start putting it out there? So I'm recording this. You can now watch this on YouTube. Yay. And the fact that I'm saying this right now means I have to follow through with what I'm saying. And it's actually just hitting me that I have to get all of this edited, geez, within like three days. Hmm. Oh, well, better get to work, Tash. Anyway, this podcast episode is going to be a Q&A. I'm answering the questions that you have sent through to me on Instagram. But the next thing I wanted to just touch on before we dive into those questions is I am running a little competition. So each month I'm going to be giving away a Gymshark voucher worth 100 USD to one person that leaves a Google rating and review a Spotify review, make sure they follow me or they even leave a comment on YouTube or subscribe to my YouTube channel. Now, if you can screenshot you doing that, send it to me on Instagram. I'm going to be picking one person that is going to win the Gymshark voucher. Now, when it comes to subscribers, when it comes to people that rate and review the podcast, that really pushes the podcast out, which then means that we can make a greater impact on other girls everywhere. So let's do it. You guys have been so supportive already. I'm honestly just like so thankful for all of your support. I do this for you. The GFM team does this for you. And we just want to be able to serve you better. And the fact that you take the time, 30 seconds to a minute to leave that review, honestly, just means the world. So thank you, thank you, thank you. But for now, let's get stuck into these questions that I got sent. So I actually asked you guys, what subject do you want me to cover on the podcast? But I got so many great questions that I was like, I can't just choose one of these. I'm going to answer these as questions because a lot of them actually are questions. So let's kick things off. Question number one, should you eat if you're not hungry, but trying to hit your macros. So this is a very, very good question. There are going to be days when you're going to feel more hungry. There's going to be days when you feel less hungry. And sometimes we can't rely on hunger cues. Now, if you have come from chronically under eating or potentially actually chronically overeating, your hunger cues are going to be all over the joint. And this is really, really normal. And the issue is, is if we continuously follow our hunger cues and listen to our hunger cues and we're actually not in a healthy place, sometimes we can be doing more harm than doing good, right? The goal is to always transition over to intuitive eating. However, you need to earn the right 
to be able to do that, right? So what I would, I would say if there's a day or two where you're just feeling, oh my gosh, I'm just not hungry, or if you're sick, that's really not going to make a massive impact on your results. However, if this is week after week after week after week, well then obviously, if you're week after week not hitting your calories, not hitting your protein, then that is just not going to get you to where you want to go. Now, let's talk about some strategies about what to do when you don't feel hungry. First of all, I want you to have a look at what you're having during the day. So what does your diet look like? Is it filled with lots and lots and lots of vegetables, high fiber foods, volume foods that are low calories, but you can eat a large amount? You know, these all have their place, these foods. But the thing is, is that when our goal is to hit a certain amount of calories, maybe we're in a reverse diet, maybe we are eating in a surplus, you are not going to be able to fill your diet with all of those foods. And this is where we need to get really smart about the kinds of foods that we actually use. And these foods are going to have to be more calorie dense. And for the calories you get, you will get a smaller amount of food. So by that, what I'm saying is, is let's just say a tablespoon of olive oil is like 120 calories. And then what about if we compare that to, let's just say broccoli, Well, the amount of broccoli that you can eat for 120 calories is way, 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 way more than that olive oil. And the thing is, is that olive oil isn't going to make you feel full. You probably won't even notice it. But the broccoli, you're definitely going to feel somewhat, you know, satiated or it's going to feel a part of your meal, right? Because there's more volume there. So really trying to choose higher calorie options is going to be your best bet. And you can still feel that with really healthy foods, right? Just being wise about the choices you make when you create your meals and put them together. Okay, next question is, how do we deal with people that aren't supportive of your journey or minimize having an eating disorder or disordered eating? Okay, this is a really great question. And I'm going to use an example of a client that we did have who had a, to be honest with you, a really toxic relationship with her mum. And My first piece of advice would be if these are people that are in your life and they're kind of like optional, right? They're not family and you can choose to kind of not have them in your life anymore. I would honestly be saying see you later to those people. However, there are people in our lives that we just need to learn how to get along with. And sometimes that can be family. That can almost make things more difficult because I mean, family is like blood, right? And you would expect that a family member is the one that is going to be able to really support you and want to see you doing your best. However, going back to this example of this client that we had, her mom was really the one that was almost like encouraging the eating disorder. And it was very clear that this mom obviously had issues herself. And unfortunately, what can happen is when people start to see other people do good, If they're very insecure, if they have their own issues that they haven't worked through, then they can sometimes see that as threatening and they want to bring you down. They want to see you back where you were because when you're not happy, they feel like they're more in control or maybe they're doing better or maybe the things in their life that they know they need to work on aren't highlighted, right? So if you are trying to better yourself, obviously, if you've got like a mental health issue, if you're suffering with depression, anxiety, an eating disorder, you need to go and seek out some help. And I would highly suggest when you go to therapy, talk to them about about the fact that this person in your life is really trying to minimize it and make you feel like there's nothing wrong with you. That therapist is then going to be able to give you some tools to bypass that. 
unfortunately, some of us just don't have people in our lives that are supportive and sometimes we just can't completely cut them off. So seek out professional help. Make sure you find people that you can confide in, that you trust and that are there on your side and want to see you get better and maybe talk to them about the frustrations you feel around these people that, you know, in your life that are just not supportive and are trying to bring you down. Okay, so next question is navigating the journey of being self-employed and having a business. All right, so I know this isn't going to apply to every single one of my listeners, but I'm going to answer it anyway because I do know that a lot of you have side hustles or you are business owners yourself. Now, the journey of being self-employed and having a business, my goodness, I never in a million years would have realized how difficult it is owning a business. And I want to say this with... First of all, starting it off with gratitude because I feel so blessed to be able to do what I do, like so incredibly blessed. And I couldn't have done it without every single one of you. So first of all, I just want to say thank you. And I am super grateful. Like that's that's the first thing I want to get across. But that doesn't mean that it's easy. I think what's important to understand is that if you don't have a very, very, very strong why, just like with your fitness journey, but with business, you're not going to last because it is freaking hard. I mean... It is hard. And I remember waking up every morning and feeling like this anxiety in the pit of my stomach of like, oh my goodness, like what problems do I need to deal with today? And how am I going to get through today? And just feeling like so stressed about what the day was going to bring. And it was almost like I would hope I would wake up and not have those problems. But what I have learned, and I've, I've also worked with lots of mentors in business as well, is that this is just business. You will always have problems every single day. There will be something that you need to fix. And it all comes down to your mindset. And once again, this is really similar to a fitness journey is there's going to be days when you doubt yourself, where you don't want to go to the gym, where you lack motivation. But what pulls you through those times is knowing your why. For me, I can't rely on motivation. Like I can't rely on gratification from others. I I need to know, okay, why am I doing this? I'm doing this because I feel so cool to be able to serve you guys. Like I know that without one doubt in my mind, this is bigger than me. And that is the thing that gets me through those days where I honestly feel like just throwing it all in and going, this is too hard. You know, I'm tired. I've worked literally 100 hours a week and I haven't had a day off in six months and I'm just exhausted. And then I go to myself, nope, this is my purpose. Like I have a goal that I'm going to achieve and I need to grind. And this is what makes people successful in every area of life is not giving up when it gets really tough. So sending you loads of love, please. If anybody ever wants any advice or look, I've still got so much to learn, but I've also made a lot of mistakes that I've learned from. I would always love to be able to pass on that information over and be able to hopefully help you from making, stop you from making the same mistakes that I made in my journey in business. All in versus a reverse diet when you're trying to recover from hypothalamic amenorrhea. So for those that don't know, hypothalamic amenorrhea, which we usually shorten to HA because it's very long-winded, is when you lose your cycle due to having a really low body fat percentage or exercising too much or losing too much weight or not eating enough. And this is a real problem that if you're not getting your cycle, you really need to be prioritizing that because that's a very, very big sign of what's happening internally and how your health is really not optimal. Now, the all-in approach is an approach where people stop all exercise and they increase their calories quite significantly, like up 2,500 and even more. Now, I'm not going to say there is a right and a wrong 
answer to this because it really comes down to the individual. I'll tell you right now, if you want to get your period back quick, do that. Stop exercise and just eat a ton because you're probably going to gain your cycle back quicker. However, that can feel so scary for the person or the girl that has you know, an unhealthy relationship with exercise and with food just to do that all at once. It can feel too much. And then there's the psychological stress that comes along with that. So like the anxiety and sometimes that can actually stop you from getting your cycle as well. Now, reverse dieting is not a strategy to get your cycle back. Increasing your calories, potentially putting on body fat and reducing high intensity training is the strategy. A reverse diet ultimately is getting you from a calorie deficit up to your maintenance calories. Now throughout that process, now throughout that process, as you increase calories, then you can get your cycle back, right? Because you're eating more and you're probably reducing the amount of activity that you're doing and maybe you're not doing as much cardio. So what I would say is you want to have a look at what mentally you can deal with. Can you deal with just cutting out all exercise and eating a whole lot more? If that feels too scary for you, that's something we can look at slowly increasing calories let's look at lifestyle stresses how can we reduce the the exercise that you're doing can we transition over into exercise that's going to feel more calming on the body and less stressful because ultimately your body is super stressed out if you're suffering from ha and we need to send the message to the body to just relax like it's all good you're safe And when we're exercising a lot, when we're not eating enough food and we're at a low body fat percentage, these are all going to stress out the body. Okay, how to lose weight around your midsection. It's so stubborn. Yes, it is stubborn. And the reason it's stubborn is because you have some very important organs in and around your belly, especially your lower belly as women, right? So we've got like uterus, all the baby making stuff, right? Now, the body wants to hold a little bit of additional fat there. This is very, very normal. There's a few things I want to cover here. First of all, you can't spot reduce, meaning you cannot choose where you lose fat from when you're eating in a calorie deficit. Now, if you tend to hold your weight in your stomach, that's probably the last place you're going to lose it. Now, as you guys notice, I tend to not hold a lot of body fat around my stomach and that's why you can kind of see abs and I can keep abs quite quite easily. And I'm not saying that to like big note myself, but that's just not where my body holds fat. Getting leaner in the, the lower half of my body is much more difficult. That's just naturally where I gain weight. Now in saying that, I don't have a completely flat stomach. I still have fat in the lower part of my stomach, but I don't focus on trying to get rid of that. That's just healthy. And it's really, really normal. I think when it comes down to having additional fat that you know you can lose, right? You've got some a substantial amount of fat or there is some weight there to go, then absolutely eat in a calorie deficit, make sure you're strength training and eventually you will, you will lose fat around that area. However, if you're really nitpicking yourself, I want you to think about is what I'm doing right now actually going to be sustainable and is it achievable? And am I just comparing myself to other people and photos that I see on Instagram of girls who have got like super flat stomachs because they probably don't look like that in real life or they've dieted down for it or potentially they photoshopped it or they might actually just have really great genetics and they're like, you know, a rare breed. So you versus you once again, but understand it's very normal to be holding fat around your stomach. But also if you're trying to lose fat, it comes down to eating in a calorie deficit. And unfortunately, we cannot choose where we lose fat from. Alrighty, next question. Letting go of obsessive walking and step counts. Okay, so it can start off very innocently. And I say this really similar to um, counting calories where girls will be like, 
start counting calories and then they can very, very quickly become obsessed and try to just continuously eat less and less and less. And the same goes with steps. Awesome. I want to try and hit 8,000. Then I want to try and eat 10,000. And then I want to try and hit 15,000. And then before you know it, you're freaking out because it's 8 p.m. and you've only hit 5,000 steps and it becomes this thing of like causing you anxiety. Once again, it's really important that you understand that as soon as you start to change your behavior, you're going to feel uncomfortable. So if you know that you need to reduce the steps that you're doing every single day and you need to show yourself some grace and be like, you know what, I can't just hit like this amount of steps, whatever the steps is in your head, the, the number every single day, I just can't with all the responsibilities that I have in my life then reducing that and being okay with that is going to take some time. You're going to feel really, really anxious. But what I would suggest doing is reducing slowly, first of all, but then also journaling, replacing that time where you're trying to get steps in with something else that's going to be calmer. Like, can you journal? Can you read? Can you spend time with friends? You want to replace that time and understand that like exercise and movement has its place, but it shouldn't control your life, right? So set yourself small goals, decrease those steps slowly, and then look at how you can swap out that activity that you usually do with something else that's going to be, you know, make fill your cup essentially, make you feel better, give back to others. And just know it's going to feel uncomfortable, but that's completely normal. The more that you do it, the more comfortable it will become. I promise. Next question is one I get all the time and that is fat loss and reverse diet. So first of all, remember, reverse dieting is not a fat loss strategy. So let's talk about what on earth a reverse diet is. A reverse diet is when someone's been in a calorie deficit, they've gotten the results that they want and then they start to increase their calories back up to their new maintenance calories and can maintain those results. Now, when we look at losing fat, that comes from being in a calorie deficit. Now, the idea of of a reverse diet is to get you back up to your maintenance calories, right? So maintenance being the key here. Now, when you see that girls lose weight through a reverse diet, I like to call these hyper responders. These are girls that will, their body will be like lapping up those additional calories. So what actually happens? Well, when we start to eat more, the body's aware of that. And in some cases, we start to really increase the amount of calories that we burn within a day. Now, this is going to be subconscious. It's going to be through general movement, blinking, fidgeting, things that you're not even aware of, right? And so what can happen is, is as we start to increase calories, that person is actually still in a deficit. Therefore, they're losing fat. Now, for the majority of women, this does not happen. So if you go into a reverse diet thinking magically you start eating more and then all of a sudden you're going to be losing all of this weight, you're setting yourself up to be very disappointed. What you want to think about is if I've been stuck under eating for years and years and years, my goal right now is to find food freedom, is to be able to eat more food, to then be able to go into a calorie deficit in the future where I'm not having to absolutely starve myself. That should be your goal. We always talk about different seasons in life. There are seasons when you're going to be in a calorie deficit, seasons when you're going to be holding a little bit more body fat on you so you can build muscle, so you can really work on increasing your, um, say, increasing your metabolism, but optimizing your metabolism, right? These are your goals through that season of life. Please, 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 if you're going into a reverse diet thinking it's the key to fat loss, it is not. It is just the beginning. You reverse diet, you state your maintenance calories, you focus on your overall health, on building muscle, and in due time, you then go back into a calorie deficit and hopefully have a really successful deficit where you lose the fat. So mindset tips to stop self-doubt and body image issues. Well, 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 this is a very, very big topic. If you have been 
thinking negatively about your body year after year after year. Let's just say you're even young. Let's say you're 20 years old. From the time you've hit 15, you've thought about your legs and you've thought negatively about your legs year upon year upon year. And you probably have thoughts about your legs in a negative light every single day. When you start to work on healing your relationship with your body, think about how your mind just automatically thinks these negative thoughts and how much work you're going to have to do to unlearn that for your mind to actually think differently about the way that your legs look. So I think sometimes what can happen is, is when we start our self-love journey or just self-acceptance journey, we can get frustrated because we think this is just all too hard. And I have these deep seated beliefs about myself that are so negative. How on earth could I ever change those? But it's going to take time and we want to start really, really small. Now, the first thing you want to do is just be mindful and aware of what you're thinking. Some of us have thoughts in our mind, and listen, I do this as well, that I'm not even aware that I'm thinking. You know, it might be just that you put on a pair of pants and automatically you don't like a certain, I don't know, part of your bum or something, whatever, right? And you just think that every time you put these pair of jeans on. Then that has just become a deep-seated belief. And in order for you to actually change that, first you need to be aware of it. So we just sometimes think these things and don't question it. The first thing I want you to do is just be mindful of the thoughts that run in your mind and even note them down, write them down. Then I want you to think about the complete opposite of that and how you actually want to feel about yourself. With that, and this is really, really difficult, but it's an exercise that we do with our girls, which I know is going to help you, but it can feel hard. And that is to take that statement. So you've got your negative statement. I want you to take your positive statement. I want you to look yourself in the mirror and I want you to repeat that to yourself five times over. And I want you to do this every single day. Even better, I want you to write it out and put it on your bathroom mirror. Now you're going to feel very uncomfortable doing this because you actually don't believe what you're saying. But the cool thing is, is that you choose to feel the way that you want to about your body. It's going to take some work though. It's going to take some work. Time after time, day after day, this is going to become easier, I promise you. And you want to tick things off. So it's your legs to start with, then it's your stomach, then it's your eyes, and it's the size of your ears or whatever your hang-ups are. And I want you to tick them off one by one. Now, this is actually going to take years, guys. We need to unlearn the negativity we have about our body. I still get negative thoughts about my body, about the way that I look all the time. And I need to remind myself, oh, I'm having that negative thought. Now I'm aware when I have that negative thought and I can question it. Hold on. That doesn't define me. That doesn't make me less of a valuable person. It doesn't make me less capable, doesn't make me less intelligent, doesn't mean I have less to give. These are all lies that we have believed and now we need to unlearn them. It's a hard road, but trust me, it is so worth it and you are worth it. All right, last two questions. I'm going to answer these really, really quickly. So got my period back at a higher body weight. Any chance of going back to my old weight and still keeping my period? Great question. Most likely, no. Most likely the reason you lost your period was because you were too low of a body weight or body fat percentage. Now, this is where the hard work comes in. And once again, kind of touching on what I just spoke about, where you need to be okay with the way that your body looks now. Health is number one. Health is number one. And why would you sacrifice being, you know, five kilos lighter, but being miserable, thinking about food constantly, being super unhappy? It's not worth it. We need to be understanding of the fact that we're all made different and 
we are going to look a certain way and we are going to be healthiest at a certain weight. That can be really, really hard to accept, but you've really got two options. You either go back to eating low calories and exercising like crazy and having a life that is like so small and sad, or you work on just accepting the fact that you're going to be a little bit heavier but you're going to live the fullest life. You're going to have your fertility. You're going to have your health. You're not going to be in danger of having osteoporosis or osteopenia or potentially, you know, cancers because all of these things can occur when our body is not functioning properly, when we don't have the right um, hormones getting produced in our body. Like this is all serious. It's really serious. And it's going to come down to lowering your expectations or changing your expectations and learning to love the new you. And my very last question is fear of gaining weight when not doing cardio or overeating when reverse dieting. So this is two and I'm going to break it up into two questions. So first of all is fear of gaining weight when not doing cardio. Remember, your exercise really doesn't burn that many calories. In a 24-hour period, it burns like the most 10% of the total calories you burn in a day. And the thing to keep in mind is when you are constantly exercising, you're over-exercising, your body's going to compensate for that with less movement during the day. And your general movement actually burns 20%. Can you see how the body is really clever and how we can get tricked into thinking we need to do all of these things to achieve this body when actually it's so counterproductive? Do not fear that. When it comes to gaining weight, that all comes through your nutrition mainly. Mainly it comes through your nutrition and cardio really isn't going to make a massive impact on that. Now, overeating when reverse dieting, very common. And the reason is, is when you've come from long-term restriction, when you start to reintroduce foods that you maybe haven't allowed yourself to eat, or potentially you are now just eating more food, it's almost like your body's like, yes, I'm getting more calories in. And it just wants to go ham and just go crazy and start eating more. Now, this is very uncomfortable because the first thing you want to think about is, oh my goodness. All right. So I'm starting to increase my calories because I know that what I've been doing wasn't sustainable. That's already scary. And then you're in this position where you're eating more and you cannot control yourself around food. Like, ugh scary, right? That's making things even worse. And the first thing you will want to do is go back to what you were doing. But I really, really encourage you to stick at it because this doesn't last forever. It does not last forever. I remember in my own journey, like when I first started eating more, I would, I could not stop. I actually couldn't stop. And I had physical hunger. And especially with certain foods, it was like, they were so alluring and they just had such a control over me. And now I never feel that. I actually never even feel hungry either. I feel satiated constantly and I never really think about food ever. Do you know how freeing that is? And the same thing happens with a lot of our girls. It's like, oh my gosh, now I can actually live my life and my life isn't dictated to me by how much I should be eating or, oh my goodness, I've overeaten this. But there, and I did talk about this with Steph from Mind Food Steph, who is a psychologist and works with binge eating, where this is all a part of that healing process. And it's very uncomfortable and it's very hard. But in order to get over, you know, I always think of it like a river, right? So you're on one end of the river and that is like calorie deficit, trying to eat as little as possible, hating yourself, having obsessive thoughts around food and exercise. And then there's this river and you need to cross the river and it's hard, but you eventually will get to the other side. And there's no way to get to the other side without going through the hard things. And sometimes it's like, I need to take one step back in order to take two steps forward. I really encourage you to stick at it, get some support, see a therapist, work with a coach, and I can promise you there is freedom at the end of that. But this is very, very common. So normal. 
All right, guys, they were some really great questions. Thank you so much for sending them through. Once again, I hope you enjoyed today's podcast episode. Take a screenshot of it, share it onto your stories. Oh my gosh, watch this on YouTube. Can you please give me feedback about YouTube? And what I might start doing is actually also filming just YouTube videos. So please slide into my DMs, leave a comment, let me know what you want to see from me and I'll see what I can deliver. All right, guys. I will be back in your ears next week. Big love, Coach Tash. 